0: Father, we thank you for this day. We praise you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your help. Just close your eyes right now. The word says in Hebrews chapter 4 that we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted in every way that we, we are, yet without sin. So come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. Not come before the throne of grace to get burnt up or chastised, but to come boldly before the throne of grace, grace, all the empowerment of God, the favor of God, to find help. Not when you have it perfect, but to find help. Jesus is our ever-present help. Our ever-present help. He's present to help you right now. He's present to help you tomorrow. He's present to help you uh, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. He's never not present. He's simply looking on people that looking for people that will not draw on themselves their own wisdom, their own strength. But he's looking for people who will draw on him. So, Lord, we draw on you this morning. We're not not trying to fulfill ourselves. We're not trying to fulfill ourselves, Lord. Lord, we need your help. And you can just say that, say, Jesus. (laughs) We need your help to do the supernatural things that you've called us to do. We need your help. It doesn't come from within ourselves. By ourselves. We need your help. And Lord, we receive it by faith today. We receive it by faith today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You can you can sit down. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. I didn't realize y'all didn't have seats. I didn't want you standing up there for like an hour. You've already been up there for like an hour. Good job. Thank you, Father. Father, we just praise you and we thank you. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your help. Thank you, you, Father, for your help. In America we've become so accustomed to moving fast and moving on. We don't know how to sit still anymore. We don't know how to wait on the Lord anymore. It's (laughs) signs, signs, everywhere signs. Everything trying to capture your attention and God just wants our attention. He, just, he wants us to kind of relax and step into Him and stay in Him. And Because we don't know how to slow down, a lot of times we don't know how to hear from Him, and this morning represents that. It's obviously a different morning and um, not what I had planned, but I did plan to follow the Holy Ghost, so in that way it was what I had planned. I knew something was different about it. I just didn't know what. So now we're finding out together. Glory to God. But we need to wait on the Lord. We need to stop being in a rush. to try, Stop trying to figure it out. and Be still and know that He is God. And those that know their God will do exploits. So who wants to know God? Who in here wants to know God? And we got to learn how to work with him in the Marines we had a, a statement called left and abreast left and abreast and um, that would mean that the the younger rank or the lower rank would always submit to the higher length rank by staying to the left of them and abreast, which meant they weren't falling behind and they weren't going ahead. If they were stepping in front of the leader, then they were, they were actually out of submission and they were trying to lead the leader and that's gonna mess up. If, if the leader was always having to tell them to catch up, then that was a problem because now that you're giving the leader something to do that he doesn't have to do, he shouldn't have to do. It was left and abreast, and said, so, "Come here, buddy. You you know what I'm talking about." So as the leaders walking, that person is, you know, would have to line up, kind of shoulder to shoulder, not behind and not in front, but shoulder to shoulder, and and it keeps it simple. Like for example, if it, if Buddy's left and abreast of me i never have to look for him to tell him something i can always just look to my left and he should be there and if he's not there that's on him and uh, i don't have to tell him to slow down i don't have to tell him to speed up i just say hey do this and in the kingdom of god it, it says in the new testament it says be a good soldier and there's a lot of things that we don't realize, and we don't understand. In America, we've really grown up in a democracy, and we think the kingdom of God is a democracy. It's not. It's not. It, the kingdom of God is a theocracy. There's one king, and there's order, and there's rank structure, and there's authorities, and and you can be, you can only have authority if you're under authority. So, for example, if, if Buddy is the lower rank and he doesn't yield to his authority, then he carries none. He carries none. And that, this is one of the issues, is, and that's what the centurion said. He said, I understand what Jesus was saying. He said, you just say the word and they'll be healed. Why? Because he said, I understand what they're saying. He said, because I too am a man under authority. He didn't say I was a man in authority. He understood his authority came from being under a mission, submission. He understood that. And many of us in in America need to understand uh, that we also are under authority or we're given the opportunity to be under authority. But many times we're walking in front of authority or we're walking behind authority. But we're never left in abreast. We're never where we need to be. And we've been, we've actually been fighting against him. We've been fighting against the authority that God wanted to operate in our lives. We've been fighting against it. We've been too much in front, too much behind, but never in the position. Because we're like, well, this is my life. I can do whatever I want. No, it's not. It's not my life. And see, if the leader decides to speed up, then the person under authority should speed up. The leader decides, you see. <laughs> but that's, that's how we should follow Jesus. Yeah. Is like that. Left and abreast. If he speeds up, we speed up. This morning, if he slows down, then we slow down. If he's, and that's what he's doing this morning. He's saying, hey, slow down. You're not just here to hear Pastor Brian speak. Matter of fact, I was sitting up there and I was like, Lord, we're, I'm not going to speak a thing unless you tell me what to do. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to ruin this moment or take away from this moment. I want what you want, but we have to understand our place and you can't be two places at once. Either you're in the position of submitting to a mission under authority or you're not. We have to decide who we are and what our placement is and where we are. We have to understand that. And it's, you know, there's a statement that it's all equal at the cross. That's true. Coming to the cross, every one of us was in the same position, a sinner. Every one of us was a sinner. All of it was the same, sin, and therefore a problem. But beyond the cross, there's rape structure. Beyond the cross, you have scriptures that say, submit to the ones that are over you. You have have the centurion say, I too am one under authority. You have scriptures saying, submit to your leaders. And that means be in your place. Be in your place. And all of us have that. Whereas Buddy might be here with me, I should be at that place with Brother Tracy, who's like my spiritual father. And I'm either there or I'm not. I I can't be different. I've got to be where God's called me to be. Look at, look at James chapter 4. James chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, but he gives a greater grace. Yeah, just keep with me for a while until until I say differently. Because it's a good visual. But he gives a greater grace. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. He gives a greater grace. How many people would like not just grace, but a greater grace? And, and does the Bible teach us that not just grace is available, but a greater grace is available? But, and how is it ab- available? He's going to tell us. He says, therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. To the humble. See, so you, you see that the grace and the greater grace is given to the one who submits himself. Who humbles themselves to the ways of God, who doesn't do it their way or how their mom or dad taught them or their grandparents taught them. It, it does, that doesn't matter. That can be good, it can be bad, but what really is important is how's God told us? And He says, He'll give grace to that person. And then He says, Submit therefore to God. Submit's not a cuss word. Submit is to come under a mission, submission, to come under a vision, come under a mission. See, in, in this world and in democracy, and I would say even in the thread of the country, there was a rebellion of sorts. And part of that was, was really not good because people took it too far, a thread of ungodly rebellion. God wanted America free. He wanted, he really, he established this country, but we gotta make sure that the people, it's just like if you go to war, and, and people that have been in war can, can tell you this, you got some soldiers that are just fulfilling what they're submitted to and their mission, and then you got some soldiers who are bloodthirsty. And they just, they want to cause pain and they get bloodthirsty. The Bible even talks about that because they they like judging others. They like pouring out judgment and they don't realize that they've taken that nature after the accuser, after the devil. So you have some people that you have some people that really want to use submission in a wrong way, but it's it's not necessarily cussword. It's just I, we've got to make sure that we follow the submission to God. We we follow Him. It's just like this morning. I mean, I got a message ready to preach, and it's not for this morning. So I submit myself to the Lord, and this is what He wants to preach. And he says, "Listen, submit therefore to God." It's not just man, but if man lines up with God and God's placed you with that man, then you submit to that man as long as he submits to God. See, as long as that man comes under authority of God, he can't have authority if he's not under authority. If he's doing his own stuff and he, you know, this, I see it. This connects with counterfeits. You know, several weeks ago, I woke up and the Lord said, uh, counterfeits and forfeitures. And we've been talking about forfeiting the call of God on life, forfeiting our life. We've got to take up a cross and and die daily, crucify the flesh daily. But then there's also counterfeits. Men that are doing the wrong thing, they want you to submit because they're trying to get gain. They're trying to go forward in their own power, but they're not submitted to God. And then this doesn't say submit to man's plan. It says submit to God. In order to have authority, you must be under authority. And the greatest authority is God. And we want to stay left and abreast of God. We want to stay in that place. He says, submit therefore, say say it with me, these two words. Submit therefore to God. To To who? To 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 God. That means if he's lined out something, I need to live by that, regardless of what I think about it. Because submission is not really submission until I disagree. If we're in agreement, if we're in agreement, that's not, that doesn't take submission. If we're walking the same speed, that doesn't take submission. It's when we're at a different speed that things he has to learn to submit. It's when we're on a different, a different direction that there has to be submission. It's when things change from the direction. We were going a direction, and I thought we were going to continue going that direction. But then all of a sudden, we change directions, and there has to be an agreement, a submission. See, this is what almost tripped up Peter for good. And, and Jesus said, the devil's coming to, to sift you. But I'm praying for you because Peter you think that I'm coming in a direction that before long I'm going to be sitting on a white horse and I'm going to take Rome down And then the Roman soldiers came to attack him Peter whips out his sword he's cutting off ears He's ready to die And Jesus says Peter Stop Jesus Puts the ear back on Malchus. And then he does this. And what had happened was Peter thought they were running towards a physical victory. And Jesus stopped. And Peter kept on for a little bit. And got confused and offended. He wasn't submitted. And as Jesus is led back. Into... Pilate's house and they're beating him and they're judging him Peter's watching from a distance and then a young slave girl I mean he's, a, he's ready to fight the whole legion of Roman soldiers but a teenage slave girl talks to him and says hey don't you know him he cusses I don't even know the man what changed where was he not he wasn't in submission, and he, and he lost some grace in that moment, because the direction that Jesus was going was different from where where Peter thought, and he lost direction in that. And this is where many times you'll see things like "I don't know about that I don't like I don't know about this whole singing for half the service and then pastor saying something something about submission and Left in a breast, what in the world does that mean? I don't know about that. Oh, God's, God's getting a word across. He's got a word for you today. Because see, it's not just submission to a person, it's submission to God. It's submission to God. It's, a, it's submission to a husband. As long as the husband's under God's authority, it's submission to a husband. It's submission to a pastor, as long as a pastor's under the authority. When you're talking about counterfeit preachers, the word says there's a lot out there and they're out for their own gain. So, in some place, they stop submitting to God and they're out from under that authority. Now, don't make that judgment too quick because a preacher can also make mistakes. A preacher, what preacher on the earth is not human? There's not one. The Lord asked me years ago when I was afraid to be a preacher, afraid to be a pastor. He said, he said, what preacher is not going to make mistakes? He said, if if you had to be perfect to preach, who would preach? I was like, that's a great question. God didn't say it, but kind of felt like to me at that moment, God was like, yeah, I'm God. I got great questions. I got some wisdom if you'd listen and submit good point point. and I realize that preachers make mistakes too what you want to see though is fruit what do they do with those mistakes what do they do with wins what do they do when they have victories how do they treat that what do they do with it what do they do with losses See, it's not as much what they do, it's how they respond to it. If they mess up, do they repent quickly? Are they willing to even tell that to a group and a crowd? Are they? Do they carry fruit? A counterfeit can say all the right words. He can say everything I'm saying this morning, but a counterfeit doesn't carry fruit because the root's bad. You got to, The fruit of God, according to the Bible, is intimate fellowship with God through Christ. Number one, winning souls. A preacher that's not winning souls, not his church, him. Not on Sunday morning, him. A preacher that's not winning souls on a regular basis is not producing fruit. Making disciples. A preacher that's not making people that are disciplined towards him. I look across this congregation, I see tons of people whose life is more disciplined than it was before. That's a disciple towards Christ. Walking in supernatural power. Can't just talk about it, you need to have it. The word says that he will work with the word, confirming his word with signs and wonders. There needs to be the power of God. Healing, Miracles. Just in the last month, we've had like three miracles in the last month. Maybe more. Like we're forgetting some of them. We got a new set of lungs. A broken foot that was instantaneously healed. Some lump that fell off of somebody. Cancer disappeared in somebody's body. That's just in the last six weeks. You want to see the power of God. That's fruit. There's been financial miracles. There's over, over $400,000 of financial miracles unexpected that's been reported in the last month and a half in people's lives and partners. That's the fruit of the blessing of God. It's the blessing of God that makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The Lord delights in the prosperity of his people. Why? Because in their prosperity, first of all, prosperity is a covenant. Second, 2 Corinthians 9 says this, in an abundance, you'll do every good work. Is God calling you to do bad works or no works? No, then you have to have an abundance to be submitted. You have to have an abundance to be submitted and do every good work. So, Fruit. Biblical fruitfulness, intimate fellowship with God, winning souls, making disciples, supernatural power, supernatural revelation Where the Lord is giving you revelation from the word showing you new things He's he's opening up his word He's giving you words of wisdom the gifts of the Spirit the manifestations of the Spirit words of wisdom words of knowledge prophecy he's given you these things on a regular basis this is not just for preachers this is for every believer every person in here should be operating in all of these fruit and the sixth thing is the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness gentleness faithfulness self control if i missed one somebody sing the song and we'll get it cleared up goodness i miss goodness amen so all of the fruit of the spirit they should be in operation if that's, if that fruit's not operating on a regular basis it's counterfeit it's unsubmitted because those things are available he says in second peter chapter one verse three he's already granted to you everything pertaining to life and godliness everything So if those things aren't evident and fruitful, that means I've taken what I've been given and I've shunned it in some form or fashion. Now, I've had places in my life where that fruit wasn't evident, but I I couldn't sit there and be submitted and stay at that place. And every believer should say the same way. I can't do that. No, I need to, first of all, submit to God. Two, he needs to get grace and greater grace to me because we have a work to do. And then he says this, submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, no matter where he's going, or what he's up to, or how much he slows down, you draw near to God. You stay with him. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, a lot of people misunderstand this last verse, and you can tell it in most churches. Be miserable, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. And he tells us that in his presence, his fullness of joy... So this is a verse you can easily see. He's not talking to the spirit man. He's talking to the flesh man. He's saying everything that would make your flesh who is in opposition to God. Everything that would make your flesh happy and everything. You need to crucify that. Because obviously we're supposed to have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength in in his presence, his fullness of joy. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We're supposed to have joy. He who sits in the heavens laughs. We're supposed to be like God. He's full of joy. In Romans, he says, Romans 15, 13, I say these things, that your joy may be full. So what this is talking about is the flesh man. And he's saying, what would make your flesh happy? You need to deal with it and submit yourself. He says this, he says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily. Voluntarily. Now, this is an important thing because some shepherds have missed this. In other words, you're supposed to shepherd and give oversight, but you're not supposed to force it on them or, or be a heavy weight on them. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to say, hey, you can have this. Make your choice. But here's the right choice. But it's up to you. Like being left a breast, it's up to you. Amen. You weren't doing it wrong. <laughs> I, I made you stand over there. But you see what I'm saying? There's there's a choice. And it's not that I'm forcing it. Now that doesn't mean I don't notice it. Jesus gave everybody that, that was given an offering that day a choice. And that widow with the two mites, he took notice. And he took notice that the, that the other men were just given out of their wealth, but they weren't given out of their heart. So it's a choice. It's not under compulsion, but it is noticed by God and rewarded in eternity, not just offerings, but everything we do. And he tells, he tells the shepherd, he tells the pastors, don't, don't do this under compulsion. Don't make people do things. That's what, you know, the other night we had our, the birthday party for 50th birthday, and I, I really want to congratulate you because we heard that you don't get common sense till you're 50 from so many men of God. And I want to congratulate you, Boomerang, on receiving, finally having a pastor with some common sense. I am so glad that w- you made it. Amen. You finally have it. Amen. And uh, But, you know, what blessed me so much is it wasn't the gifts. It was the fact that you wanted to be here. Like, oh my goodness, that was what overwhelmed me at the door. as all these people wanted to be here to celebrate my birthday. Like, it's not under compulsion. It's just like, and I'll tell you this, it's noticed. And it's not just noticed with me. When you honor the people in your life, not just your pastor, but people. He says, consider others higher than yourself. When you honor the people around you, God takes notice. In Samuel, it says this. 1 Samuel 2.30, it says, Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, they'll be lightly esteemed. See, a lot of times we dishonor simply by just not esteeming something on the level that it should. And so we've not submitted ourselves to the honor of heaven, to God's level of honor, because we just like didn't pay attention to it, or we, we just despised it a little bit. We, we lightly esteemed it. Let us be the kind of people that we esteem everything. And the highest honor, with the highest honor. And then God says, and I, I love saying this, is that when you give God honor, and he, he decides to give you honor, which he's already said his word. He has to give you honor. If you give him honor, he's got to give you honor because he's already spoken. It. It's a promise. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. It is a promise. And, and when we give him honor, it is not a fair exchange. Like I can only give so much honor. But when God decides to give honor, it's like it, it is. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. That's the kind of honor we want to walk in all the time. Yeah. He says, shepherds, don't, don't exercise oversight under force or compulsion, but, but teach the people to give and to love God, submit themselves to God voluntarily, according to the will of God. And don't lead people for sordid gain. In other words, don't just just get your own gain. There's a lot of counterfeits out there. All they want to do, they just want to build a business. Even they have the name church on the building. They just want to build a business. That's what it is. Trust me, I've been in the meetings. I've heard the garbage. I've heard the the heart of that. They just want to build a business. I, I heard the testimony Yesterday Somebody called me and they were saying, that Tracy and Julie, that you you told them the other night, you said, I feel like this may be the first real church we've ever been in. What a testimony. I mean, it's sad on one hand, but praise God you got the testimony now. Like it's a real, because it's going to challenge your flesh. <laughs> Won't it? That was out loud. That was your out loud laugh. Amen. (laughs) It's going to challenge your flesh. It's not going to let a corrupted flesh sit still. Because we're supposed to crucify that same flesh. And a good church is helping you crucify it. Empowering you to crucify the flesh. Not lift up that flesh and, and worship that flesh. And put that flesh on the throne of decisions in your life. A real church is challenging that stuff. A real pastor is challenging that stuff. He's not forcing you to do it, but he's challenging it. If that's the only definition of a pastor in a church, you found one. Because we'll stretch you in a heartbeat. Your flesh, that is. But it's not supposed to be just out doing a business, just trying to bring gain to any leader, be it the pastor or anybody else. But in eagerness, not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge. You better do something because I'm the pastor. That's That's not right. That's the wrong fruit. But proving to be examples to the flock. I love that as we were singing that song, one of the first people in front of everybody to hit their knees was Pastor Nicole. I love that. The Lord notices that stuff. Lord, I yield to you. I don't care what I look like in front of people. I yield to you. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you, clothe yourselves with humility, not just to the pastor, to one another. Clothe yourselves with humility to one another. I humble myself to you. That doesn't mean I stand up against you or I stand against somebody else. No, I humble myself to you. Hey, even if I think I'm right, uh, hey, we can do it your way. I humble myself to you. It doesn't have to be my way. I'm not so proud to have to say it's got to be my way. Even though on the inside you may be thinking, but oh, we'd be stupid not to do it my way. I don't know none of y'all have ever been there. I know I'm just I'm like preaching to the online crowd, right? <laughs> Clothe yourselves with humility. And trust me as a pastor and, and as a as a husband. As a dad, I've heard the stories and I've lived the stories where where I have been so nice to everybody in my church, so nice, but super critical of my own household, my own wife, my own kids. Clothe yourself with humility towards everybody but those closest to you. That's not what it says clothe yourself with humility towards everybody but your own children or your own spouse. That's not what it says. No, it says, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. A pretty wide, general, and blanket statement. See, all of this is submission. We're submitting ourselves to God. We're honoring ourselves. We're honoring Him. We're showing ourselves honorable to Him and submitting to His ways. He says, and God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Very similar to James. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. Casting. Now, look, this is a part of humility as well, because the world will teach you that worry is helped. Well, you got to have a little bit of worry. Every mama worries about their children. No, they don't. That's a lie. That's trying to get you to do something out of submission from what God told you directly. Casting some of your anxiety on God. Casting most of your anxiety on God. No, casting all your anxiety on God. Why? Because when I humble myself to who God is, I understand that he cares for me more than I care for myself. He's got me. I'm in his hands. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be my own source. I don't have to worry about the business decisions, the people decisions. I don't have to worry about any of that. I just got to say, Lord, I submit to you. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. You care for me more than I care for myself. Not only that, you can see everything. Why would I not listen to you? You're not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. I'm choosing to walk uprightly. That means you're releasing every good thing in my life. Why would I not listen to you who can see every detail for every plan forever and that gives us that revelation gives us the ability to drop every anxiety every one of and he literally mentions this in the middle of submission and humility it's a part of our humility Lord I don't fear I don't fear the stuff of the world I don't fear men the only thing I fear is you and, and because of that Right now, Lord, I humble myself to you. I honor you and I submit myself to you. I humble myself to you right now. He says, casting all your anxiety on, on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Is still a part of humility. Don't be drunk on the things of the world. Not just, not just drunk on a liquid. Don't be drunk with the cares of the world, with the worries of the world. Be sober with the fun of the world. You go into Mark 4 and it talks about the parable of the sower and you see that it was the deceitfulness of the pleasures of the world that choked out fruit in our lives. He says... But be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He can't devour everyone. You remember even with Job, most people got the story of Job all wrong. But you remember with the story of Job, what was the devil's own confession to God? Like you got a hedge up around him. I can't even touch him. The devil can't touch everybody. If he would, he'd done killed every one of us. There's a hedge. But see, God's given us authority. And if you start, cat, look, now watch. All of this, see how it's weaving together here. As you humble yourself and submit yourself to God and stay in position, one of those positions being, I'm not in anxiety. I'm not drunk on the cares of the world. I'm anxious for nothing because you care for me. The devil stops being able to devour you. But if you're drunk on worry and you're drunk on fear, trying to handle it all yourself, you literally drop that hedge of protection. Even Job said that. He said, The thing I feared the most has come upon me. And you can see it playing out. See how it lines up with Scripture. As long as Job wasn't doing that, there was a hedge. And then then he says this He says, But resist him, the devil firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being not, not being some work and some didn't. No, they're being accomplished. When people put their flesh down and honor God and submit to God, they're winning. Yeah. They're winning. Yeah. They're being accomplished by the brethren who are in the world. And then people, y'all know, most of you know because you've heard teaching on it. Suffering is not what most people in America think suffering is. Suffering basically means I put down my flesh in submission to God. I crucify my flesh. That's all it means. I'm putting down my flesh. And he says, so after you've suffered a little while and you put down your flesh at the leading of God, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, Strengthen and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice both in James and in 1 Peter 5. We talked about submission and honor and staying in that position of honor. Humble yourself and you'll receive grace. James says and greater grace. Notice in both places the other thing that's attached to that. Resist the devil. There's a lot of people been putting up with a lot of junk with the devil because humility has not been present with God and two others around them. There's not been submission in that way. But we're not that people. We're the kind of people that God is going to be able to exalt. Because we're going to submit to God. We're going to submit to his ways. We're going to submit to the people that he places in our lives. We're going to submit our work. We're going to submit our actions. We're going to submit our thoughts. Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing. Amen. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing. Lord, I'm left and abreast of you. You speed up, I speed up. You slow down, I slow down. You move left, I move left. You jump, I jump. Lord, I'm I'm submitted to you. We are a people. Just close your eyes right now and just receive this. We are a people under your authority, Father. God, we're under your authority. And because we're under your authority, we have authority against the devil, against the attacks in our lives. We We have authority against the attacks coming on our family members, on our church body. Lord, we're a people under your authority. We submit to you this morning. Oh, glory to God, I see it right now. I see it in the spirit, an authority and a grace and greater grace coming on this body like never before. And you don't know this. I think I said it in in prayer, but out loud, but you don't know this, but earlier this morning when I was on my knees up there, I said, Lord, reset this church. Let this be a new, let it be a new jubilee. I think I said it, I said it. Did I say that out loud? I did. I said it after I'd prayed it. That was my prayer. And see, this is the type of thing that shifts us into that moment where we we receive a submission and come under the mission of God. We're not on our own mission anymore. We're not on our own mission. We're coming under the mission of God. Lord, we're your good soldier. We're left in a breast of you. We're under your authority. And because of that, we have authority. And Lord, all you got to do is say the word and we'll be healed. All you got to do is say the word and we'll be prosperous. All you got to do is say the word and we'll be favored. And it works for us because we're a body under authority. We're a body submitted to you. We're a body that's in line with you, ready. We're at the ready all the time. Lord, we humble ourselves to you. We come under your plan and your mission this morning. We thank you for it. A house of love and prayer, living in his glory and abundance, winning souls and making disciples for Jesus. We're under a mission, Lord. We thank you for it. You can just close your eyes, raise your hands. Be led. Here's the offering this morning. You ready for this? Be led and submit to God. And when you do it, drop your faith in the bucket with it. Lord, I'm releasing faith on that seed as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest remains and I expect to harvest the word says 2nd Corinthians 9 that if you'll sow aboundingly that word in the Greek is sow to a good word you'll reap a good word you'll sow to a good word you'll reap a good word So, Lord, we sow into your good word this morning. We thank you for it. Nobody has to give. Listen, as you've been walking with me, the Lord have me call you specifically up. Raise your hands. Lord, have me call you specifically up because there's a new honor. You've been honorable. Matter of fact, you've been one of the most submissive and the most honorable. Part of that's because You've also disagreed more than others too, because you had questions and questions aren't bad, but you've submitted those things and Lord, Lord said to me that's what when I, you first came up here and I said, "Keep walking with me." I said, "Oh, I see." Lord called you specifically because today there's a new level of honor and greater grace coming on your life today in this moment. In Jesus' name. A new level of honor and grace and greater grace. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. A new level of it. So you're welcome to sow at any time. Some people have already sown. Nobody has to. It's not under compulsion. You never give under compulsion. But you're welcome to. You can drop it in the basket if you're a guest. Not everybody knows what to do. But you don't have to. You don't have to. But Lord, it is a part of our submitting to. Let me tell you, if there's a guest in the house, even if you weren't prepared to give, and we gave everybody an envelope, you can drop the envelope and say, Lord, this is kick-starting it tonight, or today, in Jesus' name. And as you give, Lord, bless every penny. Bless every seed. Let it come up to a supernatural harvest in the position of authority and God's grace. Let it come up in Jesus' name. Let it come up into a harvest. We praise you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. A new level of submission and grace in jesus name a new level of honor and poured out authority in the name of jesus don't you let the devil make you think that you've not grown and given submission don't you let them make you think that but you have you've yielded you've come back you fixed it and you will continue to fix things and get them in place you are truly putting to death the deeds of the flesh good job thank you Lord Lord bless your people bless your people thank you Lord thank you Father thank you Father amen did you enjoy the offering message are you ready for my message now striking fear into the hearts of religion far and wide, amen (laughs) if you're a guest this morning 12 o'clock is not the normal time to be done with the service we're not quite done but the Lord showed me earlier this week if you need the power of God to flow in your life it's going to flow this morning It's going to flow this morning Whether you need healing in your body You need help Just from the Lord help in whatever Circumstance of of life Lord I need your strength I need to make some changes I need your strength, I need your help I need for situations to change When I pray for you Lay hands on you That anointing, that tangible anointing Is going to flow You need miracles in your body You need financial favor in your life whatever it is the Lord showed me earlier this week is going to be available this morning and it is according to his word. So if you need prayer this morning or you would like prayer for a specific thing I will invite you to come up now I'm going to pray for you and if you need if you need to do this as you're coming up here I want you to hear this. Lord I need today to make sure that my life, is exactly where it needs to be with Jesus. If that's you, I want every person in here to pray this. God has a good plan for your life. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's not withholding for you. But there's times where we missed it. There's times where we had sin. But he didn't want to he didn't want to leave us. With the wages of sin. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. He wanted to take us to that fellowship with Him, that intimate presence with Him, and in His presence is fullness of joy. In His presence, in Him, <laughs> is fullness of joy. <laughs> fullness of joy. <laughs> fullness of joy in his presence (laughs) in his presence body be well in Jesus name supernatural miracles I was going another direction a second ago the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life and in his presence is fullness of joy. And eternal life is his presence. It's intimate. This is eternal life to know him and his, his son. John 17, 3. This is eternal life to know him. And in his presence is fullness of joy because in his presence, all the stuff works, all the stuff is answered. All the solutions are in his presence. What problem can remain in his presence? What problem can remain in his presence? None. That's why in his presence is fullness of joy. And so today, if you know that spiritually your life needs to get back on track, even if you know God, but it's like, all right, Lord, I need to, I need to get back exactly where I need to. I know it's off. I need it on track. I need it today. I need your help if that's you. And I really, it's good for all of us to renew that commitment all the time. I want you to pray this out loud. Pray it with your mouth. Say, Jesus, today, say it with your mouth. Jesus, today, you're the Lord of my life. You're the director. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. You're my Lord. And I believe you died for me. And that God brought you back to life. And when He raised you up, you didn't leave me in that place of death, that place of lack. But you lifted me up to the place of abundance, seated with you in heavenly places, in your presence. And in your presence is fullness of joy. Jesus, Jesus I, ask you, I ask you, baptize me baptize you, with, the with the Holy Ghost and fire, and fire according, according, to word, according to your word. And I'll walk with you walk with and you. Be, your be your witness in Jesus' name. And whatever it is that you need, when I pray for you in his name, you understand that his name represents the fullness of his submission to the father when he humbled himself go in philippians chapter 2 and read about it when he humbled himself all the way to the point of death he was given a name and it was a name of authority it was a name of his power and authority because he humbled himself and he submitted he was exalted and his name was put over everything that would try to pull you down and when I pray over you in his name it is literally the manifestation of Jesus submission to the father and the manifestation of God's authority on the earth it is not just religion get a revelation of it. And in that name, that lady in Mexico got new lungs. The other day just in that name, the foot was healed that was broken. Just in the name, I wasn't even praying for the foot. I just spoke that authoritative, powerful name of Jesus. I want the I want the worship leaders to come back up here. I want you to sing that. You're ready to sing it right now. I'm going to pray for you too before it's over. And now you see why, and I didn't know it till right now. I just called it. Why he brought up his name this morning. Jesus. There's just something about that name. Because it's the name of authority. The name of honor. The name of all grace. The name of power. The name of our Lord. And as they sing this song, I want you to meditate on that. How much submission did Jesus give? How much honor did Jesus give? And how much authority does Jesus have? And how much authority is in that